0: Good morning, Orlando. Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock. We're glad you're up bright and early with us as we give you our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Attorney General Pam Bondi is suing drug companies over the opioid epidemic, and North Korea may reconsider the summit. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: And we're going to be talking about what's going on with North Korea. Are they bailing on the Trump summit? My take and yours ahead on Good Morning Orlando.
1: And good Wednesday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi says the Sunshine State has finally submitted its lawsuit over the national opioid epidemic.
2: We have just filed one of the most comprehensive lawsuits in the country. On behalf of the state of Florida, regarding the opioid crisis, we are filing against manufacturers and distributors, some of the major ones in the entire country, and we are not scared to take them on.
1: The lawsuit was filed in Pasco County, one of the epicenters of the opioid epidemic in Florida. Bondi says an average of 175 Americans are killed every day by opioids, including 15 from Florida. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A story I know you're getting ready to talk about as soon as the newscast is over is the breaking news that North Korea might pull out of the upcoming U.S. summit if Washington insists that it gives up its nuclear program. The country's foreign affairs vice minister warned on state media that Trump would remain a, quote, failed president, end quote, if he follows in the footsteps of his predecessors. U.S. State Department spokeswoman Heather Nowert said the U.S. hasn't heard from North Korea and
0: assumes the Kim-Trump summit is still set for Singapore on June 12th. Can't say I'm surprised, given North Korea's history, but this did come out of nowhere when so many positive signs seemed to be lining up one after another that this would be a go. And it may still be. We'll be talking about it in detail in a moment, Deb.
1: The criminal case against Trump's former campaign manager will move forward. A federal judge yesterday refused to dismiss charges brought against Paul Manafort by Special Counsel Robert Mueller. Manafort claimed that Mueller had exceeded his prosecutorial uh, powers by charging him with money laundering and failing to register as a foreign agent. U.S. District Court Judge Amy Berman Jackson, however, rejected that argument and said Mueller's case against Manafort falls within his authority. Here in Florida, an African-American man who claims he was singled out for ridicule by employees of a Miami-area restaurant because of his skin color and his Make America Great Again cap says he'll be telling his story on national TV. 22-year-old Eugenio Joseph tells the Miami Herald that he's scheduled to appear on Fox & Friends on the Fox News channel this morning, Joseph says the incident occurred on Mother's Day as he dined at the Cheesecake Factory at the Dadeland Mall with several people, including his girlfriend and her mother. The Cheesecake Factory says the company has suspended the employees involved pending an investigation and issued an apology to Joseph, who said he had not received it
0: as of yesterday afternoon. Dozens of employees from the restaurant reportedly came around him and started shouting at him, because he had the red Trump hat on. I mean, an intimidating situation here. Outrageous. So more coming up on Fox, and we'll monitor that this morning.
1: In local news, a Florida Amber Alert remains in effect for an unidentified girl who was last seen being pulled into a vehicle in Titusville. She's described as black, age 12 to 15, with multicolored braids in her hair and wearing a green shirt with a gold logo and khaki pants. The FDLE says an unknown, dark-skinned person was seen pulling her into a dark or charcoal-colored SUV near the 1600 block of Barna Avenue. Anyone with information as to the girls' whereabouts is asked to contact the FDLE or the Titusville Police Department or simply call 911. And finally, a lot of people would love to go see Hamilton. Well, former President George H.W. Bush had Hamilton come to him. The cast of the touring production of the Tony Award-winning musical stopped by Bush's Houston office Tuesday for a special performance just for him. Bush was delighted and tweeted about the experience, quote, history never sounded so powerful, end quote. The 93-year-old is still recovering after being hospitalized recently for an infection. WFLA Newstime at 6.05, and you can watch as a hero dog named Stormy jumps in a pool to rescue another dog.
0: Oh, I've seen this video. You have to look at this, gang. It is amazing. If you think that dogs really don't care for one another the way people on a good day care for one another, you're wrong.
1: Absolutely. In fact, the owners, when they got home, noticed that both dogs were wet, wondered how they got wet, reviewed the security cam footage from outside in their patio, and watch Stormy rescue their other dog. And like you said, Bud, it is an amazing video.
0: It's so human. It is. It is the most remarkable thing. Where do we go to see that?
1: 1025 WFLA.com. Thank you, Bud, man. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 102.5. Well, I have you here before you go back to um, work more in the newsroom for us and come back at 630 whenever news breaks and keep your eye on the North Korean situation oh, yeah. for us and the president, whether or not he's tweeting anything. Yeah, he says nothing yet at this particular point this morning, there's all kinds of things going on there. This is Wednesday in our eight o'clock hour, your legal briefs um, segment with attorney Jeff Kaufman. Uh, you've got a couple of great topics that you're going to be talking about today, and I want to get... The word out early on this. You mentioned the Pam Bondi lawsuit against the opioid maker, yeah, makers. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be into that, right?
1: Yeah, because uh, several states have joined a class action lawsuit, right. but Pam Bondi said, nope, Florida is going to do one on her own, so we're going to ask Attorney Jeff Kaufman about that, what the state of Florida and our, you know, ourselves, our taxpayers can expect from that, as well as the Supreme Court striking down the ban on sports betting, what that means for us here in Central Florida, but most importantly, if you have a pressing legal question and you would love some free legal 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 advice. It's your opportunity at 840 this morning to text us your question to 23680. Standard message and data rates do apply. But we've had some great questions from listeners. And of course, they will trump. All other topics that we may come
0: up with. Oh, very nice. You like that? Deb Meister. Snuck that Thank in. you. <laughs> we'll look for that at 840. We'll look for you all along the way throughout the morning. My co-host, Deborah Roberts, here in Good Morning Orlando as we join you for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit com. Executive producing, as only he can. Yaffe in the control room. And Stephanie will be taking your calls at 407-916-5400. You can text us at 23680. And again, standard message and data rates apply there. Right now, before we get into this North Korean situation and all the breaking news there with more to come, I'm sure, stay tuned right now for your chance to win your share of 880,000 bucks in cold cash as we continue with our Make Your Wallet Great Again Texting Contest. How's it work? Just listen now for the new keyword of the hour. We'll have a different one every hour. Then text that word to two hundred two hundred. You could be our next $1,000 winner. That's coming up immediately followed by an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. I'll bring you that in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Again, as I said um, to Deb, the North Koreans threatening to pull out of the Trump summit in uh, June, June 12th, down in Singapore in Southeast Asia. I guess doesn't really take us by surprise, given their history. They've done this kind of thing several times over the last generation or two. Um, But things look like they were kind of moving along in a positive direction. And now, all of a sudden, what's going on in North Korea? I don't claim to have the answers. And anyone who does claim to know, I think you need to regard with a wary eye, because the hermit kingdom over there. Keeps the lid on real tight, and it's real hard to get information with any accuracy to it. However, here's the deal, the latest that we know. North Korea's um, first vice foreign minister has issued statements through North Korea's state-run Communist Central News Agency, okay? And basically, here is what they are saying about the summit. We will appropriately respond to the Trump administration if it approaches the North Korea-U.S. summit meeting with a truthful intent to improve relations. But we are no longer interested in a negotiation that will be all about driving us into a corner and making a one-sided demand for us to give up our nuclear program as this would force us to reconsider whether we would accept the North Korea-U.S. summit meeting. Now, you remember over the Sunday talk shows, you had the new national security advisor, John Bolton, and then you had the new secretary of state who personally set this summit meeting in motion when he visited personally with the North Korean dictator, Kim Jong-il. Remember that? All the way back over Easter at the beginning of April? He was on the Sunday shows, and of course these get broadcast internationally and watched by the likes of the North Korean hierarchy. And they both essentially said that the condition was of a successful summit, the U.S. demand, the basic demand, was for a complete, verifiable, and irreversible dismantlement of the North Korean nuclear program. Now, I don't think that should have come as any surprise to the North Koreans, Trump's been talking about that for a long time. And it seemed like they were kind of in a mode to maybe go in that direction. They have said that they are dismantling a key nuclear site now. The satellite photographs seem to verify that fact. Kim Jong-un had been talking about inviting the world press to come and watch it happen. There was some talk about the regular annual South Korean American military exercises that take place in the sea off of the Korean peninsula and and, and Kim Jong Un said no I understand that it's a regular thing that's not a deal breaker and now all of a sudden all of a sudden they're saying well if we got to give up the nuke program we're not interested in the summit our officials on the Sunday programs pompeo and bolton were saying we are prepared to help set North Korea on a strong economic track toward reviving its moribund economy, you know, and putting it on a footing economically with South Korea. There are statements coming out of North Korea's hierarchy now saying, we don't base our economy on that kind of thing. That's not important to us. It's not what we want. I think I know what's going on here. I think what is happening, well, let me tell you in just a second, Okay, and if you want to weigh in and you tell me what you think is happening with North Korea, whether or not you think this is just a bargaining position, whether or not they will, in fact, pull out and there will be no summit or whether you think there will be a summit and will it be a success or not? I'd like to ask your opinion. You know what? I'm broadcasting and it's a great privilege to the smartest audience in talk radio. You must have an opinion and it can be heard right here in the 50,000 watt front porch. Call me. 407-916-5400. Hit the text line at 23680. Knowing standard message and data rates apply there. I don't know, but I suspect something has happened in North Korea, and I will give you my theory in a moment, but I'd love to hear yours. It's early, but join the conversation. Suddenly North Korea is saying, no, if we have to give up our nuclear program, the nuclearization, no, we're not interested in a summit. If that's the um if that's the position of the United States and and the demand, I'll tell you what I think is going on, that all of a sudden this just suddenly bubbled to the surface when it looked like, you know, Kim understood what Trump wanted in that regard and the summit was on. But let let's get some input from you. Joe, you're on the line from the coast. Good morning. Welcome aboard from Titusville.
3: Hi. But uh, we've seen this story before. It's not going to be that easy to get it. It, He's just got to continue playing hardball. His chances of success are as good as any other president.
0: Let me ask you this. Will there be a summit on the 12th of June, and will it be fruitful or not?
3: I think it's more of a feeling out. He's going to see what he can get from us because he really hasn't asked for anything yet. So you knew he was going to ask for something. You know, uh, right now it's the uh, it's the war games that are going on in South Korea. Remember, we all talked about, well, he hadn't really asked for anything.
0: So. Well, but you know what? He seemed to have no problem with that a couple of weeks ago. The word was, he. Yeah, I'm fine. You do that all the time. It's not a deal breaker. We'll have to see, Joe. On the text line, folks are weighing in here. What are they saying, Yaffe?
4: Yeah, one person says that they feel like the North Koreans are trying to treat the United States like a puppet. But, in- <laughs> But another person says that uh, Kim is positioning; he's going all in because it's the only thing he has to bargain with.
0: Interesting. I think I know what's going on in North Korea, but there's no way I can be sure. Obviously, for reasons I just I explained, and not that you needed to have that explained, given the way that that company operates, uh, that country operates. I think when every time you see Kim Jong Un, he is a young guy, Yaffe. He is he's younger than you are. I think he's okay. only like 32 or something. Okay. And he's got these old generals all around him that you always see, these fossils from the heyday of his father's communist dictatorship and his grandfather who founded the North Korean communist state, you know, way, way, way back. And and I, I just wonder if he was sounding too soft to them and if they have laid down the law and said, if you want to continue to lead this nation or maybe if you want to continue to live We are not giving up the nuke program here. We're not doing it. And I just wonder if all of a sudden uh, he's reacted to what's going on internally in the Communist Party.
4: Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, this really is a 180, like you mentioned before. There was no sign of this recently at all. In fact, all the signs were pointing in the opposite direction. He went to South Korea. He's dismantling a nuke test site. I mean, the summit in general. And now it's yeah, it's a complete 180. I'm not sure what it is.
0: You don't have anything yet. You were staff from the White House. Interesting, a president hasn't tweeted on this this morning. We don't have no. anything scheduled that we're aware of.
4: Uh, no, not that I know of. Um, president Trump, I've noticed, usually tweets after seven o'clock. I think he gets up at like you know six thirty right. or something or okay. seven. So
0: we'll see. By the way, we had more primary elections around the country in a number of states. Um, the most closely watched, along with. Um, um, Nebraska, which is solid red, and Idaho, that's solid red, and uh, Oregon, that's hopelessly blue. Um, Pennsylvania had a whole bunch of primaries there, and um, that's a state the president won. Okay, that was part of that uh, of that wall uh, that he created through the from from there all the way up through the Midwest that won him um, uh, the presidency, really. And um, I like the look of what happened in in Pennsylvania. They had. They had a lot of situations where the analysis shows that a lot of people who were Democrats actually voted for the Trump-backed Republican. A good example of that, Pennsylvania Congressman Lou Barletta. He uh, was a winner yesterday. He's going to run for the U.S. Senate against the incumbent Democrat Senator Bob Casey. Uh, Barletta, the projected winner. This guy was an early supporter of President Trump, and um, it's expected that uh, Trump will be campaigning for him there. And um, Casey's a two-term senator who's opposed many of Trump's policies. Um, And and I'll tell you, there were a lot of other races in Pennsylvania where if the Democrats were thinking blue waves are coming and they were going to have all kinds of success, they did not. On balance, the analysis is that last night was a good sign for the midterms for the Trump presidency. So there you go. It's not enough time to get into all the details and the returns. There's lots you can read on that. Deb Bum, you're here with an update on uh, the opioid crisis and big news being made here by Florida's attorney general on this.
1: Yeah, and that turns out Florida is suing eight drug companies to try to recover all the money taxpayers have been shelling out to deal with the opioid epidemic. Attorney General Pam Bondi says they're asking for money because it's the only thing those companies seem to care about.
2: How do you impact big pharma? Money. I wish I could send some of them to jail, but I can't. So we're going after them financially.
1: Her legal team hasn't figured out all of the damages yet, but Bondi says it's going to be billions. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Ten years ago, Floridians voted to put a limit on property taxes paid by renters and businesses, but Kurt Wenner with Florida Tax Watch says that provision expires at the end of the year if voters don't approve Amendment 2 in November.
4: If Amendment 2 fails to pass, all of this property will suddenly be assessed at full value. That could be a quite a big sticker shock when some people forget their tax bills. Renters and businesses could see a potential increase of up to $700 million. Yeah,
1: Winner says those taxes would have to be paid by businesses, renters, snowbirds, and anyone else who doesn't have a homestead exemption on their property. In local news, it turns out that most people looking to get compensated for damage from the I-4 Ultimate Project are denied. A review of almost 400 claims filed by residents finds 84% are turned down. The contractor tells Channel 9 claims are denied if there isn't enough evidence that the damage was caused by the construction project. And finally, the world has more billionaires than ever before, and one in four live right here in the U.S. Wow. A survey called the X Billionaire Census reports there are 2,754 billionaires today. of them make their homes right here in the United States. In fact, those 680 U.S. billionaires outnumber all the super-rich in China, Germany, and India combined. The American billionaires have collective wealth of $3.2 trillion. No surprise here, Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos is the richest, with a net worth more than $132 billion
0: dollars there's capitalism and a free market economy that's why we have all the billionaires (sighs) you'll get there deb yeah you'll get there it's a few more newscasts you'll get there
1: (laughs) and you can get these stories and more at 1025 wfla.com the first hour of good morning orlando Mm -hmm. continues now with gina cervetti and the bloomberg business report
0: Live from what was a very, very stormy northeast, specifically coming to us as always from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Gina, good morning. i got to ask you for a weather report, because all oh. over there, I mean, it was just oh. horrendous. And it, we- really,
5: it really kicked up last night, but I've, I have to say, um, I live in New Jersey, and yeah. it was just roaring outside my window. I... Uh, I It was dark when I left the house this morning, so I'll have to wait until I get home to see if there are any branches or anything else on the ground around my place. But, yeah, it was uh, those were some pretty strong storms.
0: Yeah, it looked like the kind of tropical activity we get down here, my goodness, all over the northeast, and they had deaths, et cetera. Um, but business will be open and uh, Wall Street will be open today. The markets. Let's talk about what you're seeing this morning, please, Gina.
5: Okay. Well, right now, the stock futures are little changed as investors await the April updates on housing starts and also industrial production. Macy's and Cisco Systems are among the companies reporting earnings. Investors also keeping their eye on trade and geopolitical concerns. We had a lower close yesterday after the 10 year Treasury yield hit its highest level in almost seven years. Tech and healthcare stocks were among the sectors that saw the biggest declines yesterday. The Dow was down 193 to 24,706. The S&P lost about 19 or seven-tenths percent, closing at 2711. The Nasdaq was down 60. The Bloomberg Orlando index was down about one-half of one percent.
0: And the news is Amazon, which has acquired Whole Foods, is providing some perks for those customers of Whole Foods. What's going on?
5: Yes, it's customers of the Prime Subscription Service have another reason to shop at Whole Foods. Prime customers who pay that annual fee for the delivery, video, and music services Mm -hmm. now get an additional 10% off hundreds of products at Whole Foods and also some special offers as well. It all starts today at Whole Foods Markets in Florida before expanding nationwide this summer.
0: We'll watch for it right here in the Sunshine State. Thanks for the heads up on that, Gina. You've got news this morning about candy makers that may be scoring big in a potential amendment to the farm bill. What's that all about?
5: The U.S. House may deliver a large win for those candy makers this week in a long quest to end sugar price supports. Republican Representative Virginia Fox of North Carolina says she has the votes to pass an amendment to eliminate production limits that have kept sugar prices higher for growers. A House panel today decides which amendments may be voted on as part of the Farm Bill, which faces a full House vote Friday. Republican Representative Ted Yoho of Florida is leading the fight against Fox's amendment, saying he favors ending all farm subsidies, but only if trading partners do the same.
0: I like Ted Yoho. He's uh, within the sound of our voice here on WFLA and a real rock-solid conservative. Before you go, Gina, can't remember the last time cornflakes found their way into the Bloomberg Business Report, but here they are. <laughs> Are. Let's talk about it.
5: Well, cornflakes are made by a big company called Kellogg, and they will no longer be available in Venezuela. Kellogg is halting all of its operations in Venezuela immediately, blaming the country's economic and social deterioration. The food giant is just the latest to partially or completely close up shop in the troubled and chaotic country, following others such as Kimberly Clark and Colgate-Palmolive.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, their um, their economy has completely collapsed in that south american country venezuela so many signs of that all the time gina thank you very much appreciate it and i hope it's a a quieter day uh, in your neck of the woods in the northeast (laughs) i'll bet you do and you have a lot of company we'll catch you tomorrow morning same time gina thank you thank you you bet all right dead ahead here gina haspel absolutely the right pick to run the cia okay Looks like she's got some Democrats on her side. She's going to get the votes, the Intel Committee in the Senate votes today, setting it up for a full Senate vote probably next week. Um, I think she'll be great. I hate what she's had to do. It's kind of a form of political groveling, as I see it, in order to get the votes for confirmation. And um, I'll tell you what I'm talking about in that regard here in a moment. And of course, I'm also going to update Orlando's Newsletter and Traffic for you in just two minutes. So Stay with us on News Radio 1025 WFLA. In so many ways, you can't do better than career CIA employee Gina Haspel when it comes to a pick to run the Central Intelligence Agency in the wake of the departure of um, Mike Pompeo, who, of course, is Trump's new Secretary of State and very impressive, I might say. Um, Gina Haspel was grilled in the Senate Intelligence Committee, and the big hang-up about her, everybody said 33 years of experience doing every important job in the agency and just absolutely exemplary performance for 33 years. Everybody said, she's just great, you can't beat Gina Haspel, and she comported herself very, very well. But the big hang-up was, you know, for everybody gets on their high horse and says... Well, we can't be engaged in torture, you know, enhanced interrogation, um, waterboarding, or other things like this. It's not uh, consistent with American values. Some would say it doesn't work. Gina Haspel ran a program to shake down radical Islamic terrorists post-9-11 to get information out of them after the attacks that slaughtered nearly 3,000 people. To find out what al-Qaeda was planning next. What Osama bin Laden was up to. Are we going to be attacked again in another mass attack? Is a city going to be nuked? Tell us what you know. And these radical Islamic terrorists are so ideologically locked in and so full of hatred toward us and everything we stand for, they're very hard to break. They had to waterboard Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who was the mastermind of the 9/11 attacks, well over a hundred times, and they, he's down at Club Gitmo now. But but they got information from him. But people weren't going to vote for Gina Haspel because we can't do that. That was a terrible mistake. That's not who we are. Not what we stand for. I'm sorry. I like Gina Haspel a lot, but we need we need to have as an option. Torture. There I said it. Waterboarding and more. The president agrees with me on that. But of course it's all been outlawed, and Gina Haspel had no chance of getting confirmation unless she completely just denied that this was what should have been done. And she's taken another step in that direction, and she's courted enough Democrat votes now that it looks like she'll be confirmed by the Senate Intel Committee today and then by the full Senate probably next week, okay? Now, what she said in a letter to the Democrat vice chairman of the Senate Intel Committee, uh, Virginia Democrat Mark Warner, takes it a step beyond what she was willing to say in her confirmation hearings last week. When she testified then, um, she said, I would never start a program like that again, waterboarding, enhanced interrogation, I call it torture. We can have that semantic debate. But she stopped short of um, of disavowing the program completely. And there were so much said, I'm not voting for She might turn on us and she might bring it all back. And we can't have that. Even if we get a city nuked and we got a half a million Americans dead and we're trying to figure out who did it and how to get him, and what, what might happen next. No, my God, no, 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 no. Let's just go pretty please, pretty please. Tell us what you know, Mr. Terrorist. That's not going to get it. That's unrealistic. But now in a letter... To the um to Mark Warner, the vice chairman, the Democrat here, um and and he's going to vote for her now. Okay, he's she she wrote this. I'm sorry, I'm steamed up about this, gang. The agency and I have learned the hard lesson since nine eleven. While I won't condemn those that made those hard calls, and I have noted the valuable intelligence collected, the program ultimately did damage to our officers and our standing in the world. Enhanced interrogation, Gina Haspel writes, is not a program that the CIA should have undertaken. And, of course, she will never allow it if she is CIA director, no matter what happens. Never say, never, never say, no matter what happens. I'm sorry. I want the torture option for our enemies to be used if nothing else gets us the information we need. Along with President Trump, am I the only one who feels that way? I think she had to grovel to get the votes. I want her as CIA chief. But what a shame that people are on their high moral horse and don't understand the reality of the enemy we face in radical Islam. 407-916-5400. I want the torture option. We don't have it. We never will, under Gina Haspel, as much as she brings so much to the table. Am I the only one who wants this as a last resort option? Where are you on this issue? 407-916-5400. So, Gina Haspel has written and said the things she needs to say to get some Democrat votes and be confirmed as the CIA chief for President Trump. She is terrific. But I don't like the idea that she is apologizing for the role that she played, essentially, in the enhanced interrogation-slash-torture program post-9-11 to get information on what al-Qaeda was planning next from these radical Islamic terrorists that we had rounded up. I don't think we should apologize for that. I don't think it should be the first option, but I think it needs to be in our arsenal. And it's not. It's fallen out of fashion, doesn't represent American values or whatever. I don't know. I thought we were all supposed to be about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in this country, all three of which are denied you if you are slaughtered by a radical Islamic terrorist. Guys, am I too tough on this? Let's go in the control room. Yaffe, Steph, I mean, the president's with me on this. Dick Cheney's with me. Anybody else?
2: Oh, I'm with you too, bud. Absolutely. I mean, these terrorists are horrible people. I mean, the stuff that they're doing, I mean, you know, beheadings, like, are you kidding me?
0: You got to have the option Absolutely. when when it's needed. Yep.
4: Yeah, my biggest problem with all of this is that we've broadcasted what we've been doing to the enemy. So now they know. That That's my biggest problem. But, I mean, we're talking about waterboarding. We're not talking about breaking limbs or pulling out fingernails, or doing permanent damage, or starving them. We're talking about waterboarding. To I mean, save to
0: save hundreds of thousands of my I know. fellow citizens, potentially, from a city being nuked, I'd pull every doggone fingernail out they've got. I'm sorry. We need that option. We need to get real here about the enemy we deal with. Here is Gary in a popka. Good morning, Gary.
3: Good morning, Bud. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we need to use these methods. Uh, as long as they're not used on American citizens. But if you're dealing with an enemy combatant, no. especially on foreign soil, you get out of them what you have to get out of them. And we have mind-control techniques that, are, that don't involve real physical torture. But here's the thing. The issue is that Gina Haspel has the goods. You can guarantee that she's got a dossier on every congressman and every senator. And these liberal senators, she's probably got a dossier on Chuck Schumer that, you know, is five inches thick. She's got the goods on them, and and they know she could be weaponized. She could be used by Trump against them and unseat their career, as so many senators and congressmen have had to retire early. So I think that's the fear, and she may have had to make deals on the side to assure them she won't do that.
0: Thank you, Gary, very much. And just to be clear, I've never advocated that kind of torture for American citizens. I'm talking about our enemies on the world stage. Principally, we're talking about radical Islamic terrorists here, okay? the most severe form of torture that I would ever advocate for American citizens would be to strap the worst of the worst into a chair and make them watch hour upon hour reruns of The View. That's it, Yaffe. That's as far as I go. I don't know. That might really
4: break the Geneva Conventions. I
0: know that is severe, (laughs) but only for the worst Ah, of the worst. Okay? Let's be very clear, shall we? And let's bring on Deborah Roberts with the news at the top of the hour as we roll into our 7 o'clock hour. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit com. The Deb Meister with a story of Attorney General Pam Bondi suing drug companies over the opioid epidemic and hundreds attending a slain deputy's funeral south of here in Highlands County. The news coming up. Good morning, Orlando. It is 6.59. Good morning, Orlando. Good Wednesday morning to you. Glad you're with us on the 50,000-watt front porch here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour for our latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, Attorney General Pam Bondi is suing drug companies over the opioid epidemic, and hundreds attend a slain deputy's funeral in Highlands County. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: Is North Korea about to scuttle the Trump summit? A live report. The very latest coming up next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: Happy hump day. It's 7.03 on News Radio 1025. The battle over opioids is on. Attorney General Pam Bondi is suing eight of the largest drug companies in the world for their role in the opioid epidemic.
2: It's time the defendants pay for the pain and the destruction that they have caused as the third largest state in our country, we are freestanding, we are filing our own complaint right here in Florida because that's where we were hit the hardest.
1: The state is asking for financial damages. They haven't calculated out the total amount, but Bondi says it's in the billions. Yes, that's with a B. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Highlands County deputy shot and killed in the line of duty is laid to rest. Hundreds of law enforcement officers from around Florida and as far away as California Attended the funeral service in Sebring yesterday for uh, Deputy William Gentry. At the service, Sheriff Paul Blackman told them. For
6: my fellow sheriffs and police chiefs, those who have gone through similar situations, losing one of your members, I have honestly prayed every day that I would never join your fraternity. But on May 7th, 2018, at 1.10 p.m., I did just that. My worst nightmare came true.
1: His younger brother, Highlands County Detective Kevin Gentry, was among those who spoke at the service as well. William Gentry died May 7th, one day after he was shot while responding to a neighborhood dispute in Lake Placid.
0: This is National Police Week. The president made a a powerful speech on on Capitol Hill yesterday in that regard. And we're going to put the spotlight on our officers and our fallen officers at 8 o'clock, Deb.
1: All right. Well, uh, back here in the Sunshine State, the school resource officer who did not enter the Parkland High School during February's deadly mass shooting is receiving a state pension of more than $8,700 a month. The South Florida Sun-Sentinel reports former Broward County Sheriff's Deputy Scott Peterson started receiving the pension last month. Peterson was suspended and then resigned and retired after surveillance video showed the 55-year-old waiting outside Stoneman Douglas High School but not going inside to confront confessed gunman Nicholas Cruz. Florida law enforcement officials are investigating how officers responded to that shooting.
0: The coward cop, is he's called down there, $100,000 a year for the rest of his life. Wow.
1: Mm. In the meantime, Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel is out with his preliminary budget plan for the upcoming fiscal year. The proposal tops out at more than $926 million, which is a nearly 5% increase. Israel is seeking to fill nearly 50 new positions, including 31 deputies, to handle risk protection orders. The officers would enforce the state's new red flag law aimed at taking gums away from someone who's a danger to themselves and others. And speaking of that, the father of the alleged Waffle House shooter is facing a wrongful death lawsuit. Travis Ranking allegedly killed four people last April at a Tennessee Waffle House. Now his father is being sued by the family of 20-year-old Joe Perez, who was killed while standing outside the restaurant during the attack. The lawsuit says Jeffrey Ranking is negligent because he allegedly returned his son's weapons to him after they'd been confiscated by authorities last year, and one of those guns was used in the attack. And finally, back here close to home, the city of Sanford is hesitant to be part of a reality TV show. The city commission isn't ready to allow cable channel A&E to follow the police department for the TV show Live PD. Police Chief Cecil Smith told commissioners this week the show would further his goal of making the department more transparent. City officials, however, are concerned about how the city would be portrayed. WFLA news time at 7.07 and you can read about students staging a car crash at a high school for their senior prank. One the police said was one of the best senior pranks they've ever seen. Get the details for yourself at 102.5 WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on
3: News Radio 1025.
0: Stay with me. We're going to have a live update on the situation with North Korea. Are they bailing out of the summit? Stay tuned right now for your shot at winning our... Thousand dollars in our make your wallet great again texting contest. Listen for the new keyword of the hour coming up and text it to two hundred two hundred. You could be our next one thousand dollar winner. That and an update on Orlando's news, newsletter and traffic as well. Here in two minutes for you on News Radio one oh two five WFLA. Big news when we came on the air this morning. Suddenly North Korea is sounding like they want to pull out of the summit meeting in Singapore on the twelfth of June with President Trump. When it looked like things were moving down the road in that direction relatively smoothly, let's get a handle on all of this as we bring in News Radio 1025 national correspondent Bill Zimfer working the North Korean story from the foreign desk. Bill, good morning. What's the latest?
6: Well, Bud, good morning. A couple of things happened yesterday. Number one, North Korea canceled a ministerial-level uh, meeting with uh, South Korea that was supposed to take uh, part take place today. That because of joint military drills involving the United States and South Korea. Uh, this despite the fact that those drills had been pre-planned. Uh, North Korea knew about them, and Kim Jong-un reportedly told uh, authorities from this country and South Korea that uh, he had no problem with them. Then there was a statement released by North Korea state media uh, quoting their first vice foreign minister as saying, if the United States is trying to drive North Korea into a corner to force unilateral nuclear abandonment, we will have to reconsider the June 12 summit meeting in Singapore. Uh, so if you are a skeptic, you are now saying this is the North Korea we have all come to know and love. Uh, and uh, we expected this all along. It caught everybody at the White House and State Department by uh, a surprise. And they are now saying they are con- continuing on as if the June 12th summit meeting in Singapore is on. But at this point, Bud, everybody's reaching out for a little clarification from North Korea.
0: Now, what about President Trump, who's got a very personal interest in all of this, a pretty high stakes for him? Um, Have we heard anything from the president? I'm hearing from State Department spokespeople, White House spokespeople. What about Trump?
6: Have not heard from the president as of yet. Hasn't tweeted about it. Of course, in the past he has called uh, Kim Jong Un in the last couple of weeks. Anyway, has called him honorable uh, and and said that he's uh, he's being very cooperative with what the United States wants to do. So uh, we have not heard from him. Okay. We may hear from him today, uh, but we'll see what happens at this point. Uh, but uh, again, uh, this is a situ- It's the old uh, it's the old consumer advice, Bud. If something seems too good to be true, it probably is. And that's what people have been saying about North Korea all along here.
0: Yeah, before you go, Bill, it's interesting because, you know, um, the satellite photos show that Kim Jong-un appears to be making good on his pledge to let the whole world watch him take down a nuclear site, right? That's going on. That sounds like goodwill for the summit. I don't get it.
6: It sounds like goodwill for the summit, but how much does it actually mean? That nuclear site was uh, reportedly damaged during the last nuclear test uh, last fall, maybe damaged beyond repair. So shutting that whole thing down may be a moot point anyway, uh, but it is a a move in the right direction. I'll tell you what, one other thing, Bud. Something that may have really inflamed this situation is comments from National Security Advisor John Bolton, who said that North Korea could follow the Libya mode of verifiable denuclearization. That is the worst nightmare for North Korea, because they point to Libya saying, look at what happened there.
0: They got rid of their nuclear program, and Muammar Gaddafi is dead. Exactly. Yep. And that was on the Sunday shows with Bolton and Pompeo. Uh, saying it, you know, this was it. We had to have that condition of uh, complete, verifiable denuclearization. We'll follow it closely. Thank you for getting us up to date. Nobody better. We appreciate it. Working the foreign desk for us this morning on the big story on North Korea, News Radio 1025, National Correspondent Bill Zimfer. Have a great day, Bill. Thank you. Thank you, bud. All right, good deal. Now, tell me, prognosticators... Nobody really knows what's going on with the hermit regime, North Korea, this hardcore communist state with nuclear weapons. But what do you predict happens from here? Will the summit occur or not? And if it does occur, will we get denuclearization as we understand it? And why the sudden change with North Korea? 407-916-5400, your opportunity to be heard. That's what the 50,000-watt front porch is all about. I've got some ideas on what may be going on that precipitated this change. And I'd like to know what you think. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rates are... You know, Yaffe, it occurs to me that while I freely admit I have no idea what's going on inside the hermit regime of North Korea, uh, I don't have any more of a sense as to how Trump will play this threat to bail out of the summit. Is it going to be Is he going to go back to little rocket man and fire and fury like the world has never known if you don't do what we need you to do at the summit meeting and denuclearize? Or is he going to is he going to schmooze him? I I really don't know how that will go. And we're on Trump watch this morning. Nothing out of the White House yet.
4: It's funny you bring that up because I really have no idea either. Uh, Trump's. Can be unpredictable with this kind of thing but i think that's a benefit well with the, this kind of thing.
0: the unpredictability and the fear he put in him with the fire and right. fury like the world has never known little rocket man is absolutely in my view what got a sea change with north korea and is on the way to a summit and hopefully denuclearization i think something's going on inside north korea here listen Kim Jong-un is like early 30s. He's younger than you are, Yaffe, just a little older than Steph, okay? He's a young guy to have this job. He inherited it from his father and his grandfather, who was the founder of the communist state of North Korea, okay? But he's always surrounded by these stone-faced, fossilized, goose-stepping generals, hard-line communists, who maybe see any change in the status quo with the U.S. and the West to be disastrous for the North Korea that they have known. And I want to know whether, I just wonder, I think some of them may have gotten to Kim and said, if you want to stay in power and if you want to stay alive, you will back away from a summit meeting with Trump. And any concessions whatsoever. I just have a feeling something like that's going on.
4: I think it's entirely possible. I mean, they've taken a total 180. They've just started demantling a nuke test site. They released prisoners. They even opened up this summit. He went to South Korea himself, shook hands with the South Korea.
0: Right at the DMZ. I mean, all of this stuff has been moving toward a summit and major changes, hopefully from our standpoint, denuclearization, okay? I think on the Sunday talk shows when you had Bolton and Pompeo saying that, yeah, what we're after here is nothing short of complete, verifiable, and irreversible dismantlement. Uh, as Bill Zimfer was saying, that may not have played well with Kim Jong-un and those, and those stone-faced communist generals that surround him.
4: Yeah, maybe, or maybe they just want something. And they just haven't said what they really want yet. They cool. just want something in return.
0: Well, it could be taking a a um a page from um uh, the Trump book, The Art of the Deal. You yeah, know? we
4: had a texter who just texted in and said, uh, Rodman gave Kim Jong-un a copy of Trump's book. So maybe he just got done reading it. He did. And he's figuring this out. Now oh, he's trying to be the tough deal oh, maker.
0: that's how you play the game. Oh, <laughs> all right, Mr. Swamp. All right, well, we'll see. It's serious stuff, but... Um, that's the very latest that we have time for the news right now deb attorney general pam Bondi's going after the opioid makers big time
1: yeah in fact florida is suing eight major drug companies for their role in the opioid epidemic the sunshine state is seeking financial damages but attorney general pam Bondi says they haven't come up with a price tag just yet
2: we don't have one. Um, we're still in the discovery process. We just filed suit. Um, millions, billions, probably into the billions.
1: The state's lawsuit was filed in Pasco County, but Bondi says they're still talking with the drug companies to see if they can settle out of court. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Well, if you don't love yourself, who will? It's a moot point for some people who are deciding to give up traditional marriage and jump on a new trend of marrying themselves.
0: Self marriage, you headlined it for me.
1: It even has its own name. <laughs> it's not a clever way to pay less taxes, but some people who go through with the ceremony find it's a great way to celebrate themselves. And let's be honest, we don't see enough of that today. <laughs> for some
0: right. Sure. You know,
1: for some it's a way to help heal, particularly if they've gotten out of an abusive relationship. The commitment to a relationship with oneself or sologamy as it's called There's a name for that sologamy Sologamy. What solo- a nasty sounding word that is. I know, is. isn't it? Yeah. Is uh, also a pretty good excuse to throw a party for friends and family. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know really? anyone who's been to a wedding knows that, that's, that that party doesn't come cheap.
0: Wow. I know. What if you suddenly marry yourself and want a divorce? What happens then? How do you get away from yourself? You're kind of stuck, aren't you? You are kind of stuck. <laughs> and you deserve it
1: if you've married yourself. Jeez, right. <laughs> You're stuck in a
0: great big slimy pool of sologamy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Police were
1: called to investigate a domestic disturbance in a southern German town, only to find a man arguing with a parrot. A resident near the Swiss border called the emergency number Monday to report his concerns about loud shouting coming from a next-door apartment that had been going on for some time. Police said Tuesday that officers sent to the scene found there was a loud argument going on, but it was between a 22-year-old man and a parrot. The man told them he'd been annoyed with the bird, which belonged to his girlfriend. The parrot responded to being shouted at with loud noises of its own say couldn't speak but could bark like a dog
4: (laughs) they 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 can be pretty annoying
1: (laughs) they can (laughs) they certainly can since no one was hurt though the officers just
0: simply left you know you're 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 sending me back a long time back when i was in college one of the fraternities and it wasn't mine but i had a lot of friends there they the cook was a grumpy old man and he had taught his parrot to cuss like a sailor, and he had him on a perch when you would walk in, and he would cuss a blue streak <laughs> at every guy that walked in or out. He would let you have it with every word that would cost us our license here at WFLA. Yeah, I was about to
4: say, that parent cannot have a radio show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am not
0: kidding. He it would... could with me. He would just lower the boom on you, and you knew it was really the cook talking, but the cook didn't have to live with having said it. And you're not going to kill the parrot. No. Well, you did want to wring its neck, you know. I'll never forget it. Haven't thought about that in years. Thanks for the memory, I think.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and finally, for a yeah. feel-good story, a janitor who spent more than three decades cleaning the halls of an elementary school in Kentucky is leaving his entire life savings to a children's charity. Oh, my. Yeah. Alvin Randlett worked at uh, 6th District Elementary in Covington for 32 years. In that time, he never touched his pension, never owned a car, and amassed over 300 sick days. He also spent his free time pinching pennies. Randlett passed away in 2015 at the age of 75, and this year... His lawyers revealed he left more than Uh $175,000 to the Kentucky Child Victims Trust Fund, a charity which provides support for child abuse
0: victims. There's a special place in heaven for that guy. Yes, there is. What a man. Good stuff, Deb. Thank you. Oh, by the way, in one hour, you'll be ready with your legal segment, Legal Brief, with attorney uh, Jeff Kaufman. And folks will have an opportunity um, uh, to pose their personal legal questions, but you'll also have some red hot legal topics. What's coming up on legal briefs at eight forty?
1: Well, we're going to talk about the lawsuit that Attorney General Pam Bondi has just filed against those major eight uh, drug companies over the opioid epidemic, as well as we're going to talk about the sports betting ruling and what it means for us here in Central Florida. Are we looking at betting and casinos and yeah. and uh, what kind of legal action that's going to mean? But of course, you know we've had listeners who've texted in great questions before everything from child support to renters bringing in an unauthorized dog and then later saying it was a therapy animal, what was a legal recourse there.
0: Yeah, and here's the deal. If you're listening now, okay, and you got something in mind, you can text it right now and we'll still have it one hour from now. So if folks have a question, a legal question about something they are dealing with, Um, how do they reach Attorney Kaufman?
1: They just need to text us to 23680. Standard message and data rates do apply, but this is a great opportunity to get free legal advice from the only attorney in the country who is licensed in 18 states. So Attorney Jeff Kaufman knows what he's talking about. He can handle your questions as well as the big topics that are in the news of the day.
0: Real popular, relatively new segment here every week, Wednesday at 840. It's the Deb Meister with Attorney Jeff Kaufman and legal briefs in one hour. In a moment, the Daily Sound Judgment Game. You talk about popular. Everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to win. We've got a great prize here, a night at the theater, and a great, great night of entertainment on us If you're our winner, company rules, you can only win sound judgment once a month. So step aside for other folks. If you're a recent winner and give them a chance to win. And the only way you can win is to be on the phone. And I'd suggest you call before the lines fill up right now. We're playing sound judgment right after the break. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. An update on Orlando's news, weather and traffic is next up. Here in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. (laughs) A little break from the heavy-duty news of the morning to play the sound judgment game. And we got a great prize. Folks are going to love to win, and we're going to find a winner, I hope, in a moment. Steph, let's go on the prize.
2: That's right. So today we have a pair of tickets to see the Honky Tonk Angels at the Winter Park Playhouse May 11th to June 10th. This upbeat musical comedy follows three gusty gals That are determined to better their lives and follow their dreams to Nashville, featuring a score of hit country favorites, including Ode Billy Joe, Rocky Top, I Will Always Love You, and many more. Visit WinterparkPlayhouse.org for ticket info, Winter Park Playhouse, professional musical theater at its best.
0: Yeah, this is great, great stuff, and you will love it. Ode to Billy Joe, I haven't heard that song in a long time. Good stuff, the Tallahatchie Bridge. Anyway, we're ready to go with sound judgment now. If you want in on the prize, somebody gets a wrong answer, you can still win, even though the lines at this second are busy. Um, the line will then go dead and open for you, but you've got to be quick. 407-916-5400, and good luck. So there's a lot of talk this week about the upcoming royal wedding in England. But on this state some years ago, all the talk in Washington was about Britain's Queen Elizabeth addressing the U.S. Congress for the very first time want you to listen to a little sound of the Queen's parting words, then use your sound judgment to think back and tell me who was President of the United States when the Queen said this before Congress. You will
2: find us worthy partners, and we
3: are proud to have you as our friends. May God bless
2: America.
0: That was May 16th. If you have any idea when that happened, maybe you can link it up and tell me who was President of the United States when we heard from the Queen addressing a joint session of Congress on this date. Take a shot at it, line one, see how you do. Go ahead, line one. Hi, good morning. Was it uh, George W. Bush? No, it was not George W. Bush, but thank you for trying. 407-916-5400. Keep in mind now, she's been Queen... Since the early 50s. So we're talking about a lot of presidents here, but it's not all that long ago. Line two, who was the president then? Uh, Clinton. Did I just hear Lincoln?
4: Clinton. Oh, I
0: thought he said Lincoln. Okay. Okay. (laughs) No, it wasn't Clinton, but it could have been. Line three, who was the president then?
3: Ronald Reagan.
0: No, it wasn't. But you're pretty close. 407-916-5400. Line four, going for the prize on sound judgment. Go ahead, line four. George
3: W. Bush?
0: No, I've had two George W. Bushes. Nope, still not him. Line one, you're up next. Who is it? Eisenhower. No, but it could have been. Line two, you're next. Go ahead. Harry Truman. No. No, too far back. 407-916-5400. 407 916 You're running out of presidents here, gang. Who was president of the United States when you heard those remarks from Queen Elizabeth before the United States Congress? You've been all over it. You've been close. You've surrounded it. Back to line one. Go ahead, line one. Carter. No, but it could have been. 407-916-5400. Line two. Go ahead. What was the question? I missed it. Okay, you heard from Queen Elizabeth addressing the United States Congress. Who was president of the United States when she did that? Reagan. Nope, another Reagan. Another wrong answer. Yaffe, I can't believe this. Come on, you can get this. I've had two George W. Bushes, a couple of Reagans, an Eisenhower, a Carter, a Clinton... But they're all wrong. Go ahead, and line three, you're next. Is it George H.W. Bush? Oh, yeah. 1991. Year of the Gulf War. The queen was over here, and you are going to the Winter Park Playhouse, a night in the theater on us. I hope you're excited about winning the game that almost had no winner. Congratulations to you. (laughs) Good going. Right, thank you. Yeah. Hey, listen, what's your first name? I'll write you a note. Juan. Juan? Okay, Juan. Yep. Good deal. And where are you calling in from today? Beltona. All righty. Good deal. You are our winner. You and Steph can talk it over off air and make the arrangements for the prize. Okay, my friend? Thank you. Thanks for bailing me out. I didn't think we were going to get there. Whew. But by golly, we did. Yaffe, is that close to a record? for the number of wrong guesses before uh, we got win, I
4: don't know. Yeah, pretty close.
0: Right in there. We were running out of presidents. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Good Wednesday morning to you. Good morning Orlando at 7:57. News coming up. I'll tell you what Deb has on the menu in just a moment. But if you're looking for a job or you're looking for a better job, we can help you. We're very proud to be involved in this great hiring event down in Winter Haven this Friday. The Central Florida Hiring Event this Friday from 10 until 2 in Winter Haven at Nora Mayo Hall. Bring your resume. You can meet employers who are looking to hire on all kinds of fields. Medical field, um, restaurants, banks, local government. I mean, it goes on and on. Legoland is hiring, and they'll have representatives there. They'll be interviewing and making offers on the spot for part-time attraction associates. Now, for more information, or if you're an employer who'd like to participate in this great hiring event coming up Friday, go to our website and learn more, 1025wfla.com slash hiring. It's this Friday in Winter Haven in Polk County from 10 until 2 at Nora. Mayo Hall. Great, great opportunity for you or someone looking for a job or a better one than you have now, and we're very privileged to be supporting that. Deborah Roberts, my co-host, updating our news at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Big news out of Tallahassee as Florida Attorney General Pam Bundy sues drug companies big time over the opioid epidemic, and Governor Scott's hurricane conference is underway. None too soon. The official start of the season, of course, is June 1st. The news coming up, followed by our big third hour on the 50,000-watt front porch. It's good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit com. We are glad you're with us at 759 now. Good morning, Orlando. So glad you're with us here on a Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right now here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And her top stories this morning, Attorney General Pam Bondi is suing drug companies over the opioid epidemic and the Governor's Hurricane Conference is underway. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: Now we put the spotlight in this half hour of Good Morning Orlando on National Police Week with a focus on why we continue to have so many cops killed. We'll talk about it together on Good Morning Orlando.
1: Happy hump day, it's 802 on News Radio 1025. The state of Florida is seeking billions of dollars in damages from eight drug companies involved in the manufacture and marketing of opioids. Attorney General Pam Bondi says they're not scared to take on Big Pharma.
2: We are sending a message that we are fully prepared to go to war and we will take this to the end. And we have the best team assembled in the country to do it. And we filed one of the most comprehensive lawsuits in the country as well.
1: Bondi's lawsuit accuses the drug companies of racketeering and deceptive trade practices to try to hide the danger of opioid addiction so they could make more money. An average of 15 Floridians are killed every day by opioid overdoses. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Authorities are continuing to investigate an explosion at a California medical office that killed a woman and injured three others. A commander for the Orange County Sheriff's Department isn't releasing very many details, though.
3: Now, this is an explosion. There's a lot of debris and a big uh, what we're going to uh, call an incident zone right now. Uh, the investigation going to be long. There's a lot of rubble to sift through. There's a lot of things to go through.
1: Two law enforcement sources tell the Los Angeles Times that yesterday's blast was likely caused by a package that was delivered to the location. Law enforcement officials say it's too soon to tell if it was intentional and they haven't found an explosive device. Officials add there's no danger to the community. One of the injured victims suffered smoke inhalation, but the conditions of the others haven't been released and there's no word yet on a motive or suspect. Also out west, people on Hawaii's Big Island are getting more worried about a possible eruption of the Kilauea volcano after nearly three dozen earthquakes shook the island. Scientists say the possibility of a huge explosion could be greater after, get this, 34 quakes and tremors rocked the Big Island in a 24-hour period.
0: And I'm told this is beginning to affect the economy, even though that's in a very small area in the grand scheme of the Big Island and the island chain. People are getting afraid to go to Hawaii, I'm hearing. Yeah, they're canceling trips. And
1: if there is that huge eruption, look for air travel around the world to be affected.
0: Yeah, because you get the volcanic ash up there can jam the jet engines, and it's very dangerous. It is.
1: And even if you're not flying to Hawaii, of course, the ash is carried around the world in the atmosphere.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've seen that with some of the big Volcanic eruptions over in the Pacific Rim, you know, where they get them so often.
1: Exactly. And scientists say an eruption could blast huge boulders the size of a car and ash in a 12-mile radius around Kilauea. Mm. Lava flows have destroyed more than two dozen homes and dozens of other buildings since cracks in the earth began opening two weeks ago. Back here in the Sunshine State, readiness is everyone's job, is the slogan of the 32nd Annual Governor's Hurricane Conference underway this week in West Palm Beach. More than 1,000 emergency managers are discussing topics ranging from debris removal to getting quicker financial response from the federal government. Kevin Guthrie, Pasco County's Deputy County Administrator for Public Safety, expects a lot of discussion on better preparing the public for a hurricane, and he has a really interesting take on our hurricane kits.
6: About 70 to 80 percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And we talk to folks about getting a preparedness kit and, you know, getting prepared to go out and buy all these items. I think we need to refocus that. We need to look at how can we tell people and show people how to build a preparedness kit on things that they already have in their house.
1: Yeah, forecasters are predicting there will be as many as 18 named storms this season, with at least seven becoming hurricanes. Bud had mentioned it before the uh, news. The Atlantic hurricane season officially begins in a little
0: uh, little less than two weeks on June 1st. The daunting forecast, but of course, as we all know, the key is not how many you've got, but where they go. It only takes one storm to yeah. make it a really bad
1: hurricane <laughs> well, season. Well, we learned that with Irma last year. Yeah, we did. Matthew the year before that, and mm-hmm. back in 2004, we had two weeks of back-to-back hurricanes.
0: Three of them. Yes. Charlie, Francis, Jean. never forget it. No. And- we were right here to... To report it, and we will be again if the worst happens. Absolutely.
1: And finally, authorities here in Florida are blaming an exploding vape pen for a man's death. A vape pen? Vape pen. The vaping that you see people doing? Yeah. Well, he died almost two weeks ago at his home in St. Petersburg after the pen exploded and started a fire, but a recent autopsy found that shrapnel from the pen and not the fire is what killed him. FEMA, which keeps statistics on e-cigarette incidents, says this is the country's First e-cigarette death.
0: My goodness. Shrapnel from an exploding vape pen. Yeah. Amazing. First knew- word I've
1: heard of that. Thanks, Deb. You're welcome. WFLA News Time, it's 8.07, and you can watch a hero dog. As he jumps in a pool to rescue another dog. Great Way stuff. to go, Stormy. Yeah, it's a great video. You and I were talking about it. Check it out. Get a little bit of good news. You can see it at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. And good morning from the Front Gate Realty Studio. over laurahazthabuyers.com. Yeah, he's in the control room, and uh, Steph is taking calls, and we're going to be focusing on the continuation of National Police Week and a very stirring speech, a passionate speech by President Trump speaking at uh, a memorial ceremony at the U.S. Capitol for police killed in the line of duty. I have been looking at the list here in Florida. It is long, it is sad, and um, we've just laid to rest an officer in uh, Highlands County south of here, who was shot to death and uh, and just shot in the head for no reason. And I'm going to pose a question to which I cannot claim to have the answer, and I know it is complex. But, you know, these these are the people who dedicate their lives to protecting our lives, and they're losing their lives at a continuing and alarming rate. Why do we have so many cops being killed? 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. I don't claim that my thoughts are profound, but I will share them with you, and I'd like you to share yours as well. I mean, how do we stop this? That's what the president was, 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 was talking about yesterday. I, I, it, it just, it, it's awful what's going on here, and, and on National Police Week, we're going to put a spotlight on it. Um, stay tuned right now for your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cash. It's our ongoing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Right now, coming up in just a sec, after a word from Deb, we're going to have the new key word of the hour. Then you text that word to 200, 200. be our next $1,000 winner. Had one recently in Volusia County. Good luck to you. And of course, as always, an update coming your way in two minutes on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025, WFLA. It's National Police Week, a number of functions and ceremonies and observations going on here and around the country. Um, President Trump made an impassioned speech at a ceremony, at a, at, a, at a memorial for fallen police officers in America at the United States Capitol yesterday. Let's start with the president of the United States.
3: If we want to bring down violent crime, then we must stand up for our police. We must confront and condemn dangerous anti-police prejudice. Can you believe this prejudice with respect to our police? We're not going to let bad things happen to our police. So we must show appreciation, gratitude, and respect for those who police our streets and patrol our communities. In 2016, an officer was assaulted in America on an average of every 10 minutes. Can you believe that? It's outrageous, and it's unacceptable. We must end the attacks on our police. And we must end them right now. We believe criminals who kill our police should get the death penalty. Bring it forth.
0: President Trump yesterday at the nation's capital, powerful, passionate, but the killing of our cops just continues, and it is endless. I was looking at Florida's long history here, 815 officers um, killed in the line of duty, um, 419 of them by gunfire, more than 100 uh, car crashes. Uh, here in um, Orange County over the years, 20 fallen officers, the Orlando Police Department, we've lost 15 and uh, lesser numbers in in counties and cities throughout the Sunshine State and across the nation. Uh, Recently, of course, in the news here, uh, just on the 7th of May, and and just laid to rest this week down in Highlands County, Deputy Sheriff William Gentry shot on the head, killed for no apparent reason by an older white guy. um, Up in Gilchrist County, west of of Ocala, and Gainesville, rather, we lost two officers in that Chinese restaurant. Another it isn't all you know, it isn't all it isn't all anti cop Black Lives Matter types, okay? There's a lot of that going on. But this cuts across racial lines. Here again is another older white guy with some kind of axe to grind we may never know, executed these two cops in this Chinese restaurant. And we lost Sergeant Noel Ramirez and Deputy Sheriff Taylor Lindsay. And on and on it goes. I mean, is, is, there, is there any way to isolate the reasons why we continue to see this unending line of our officers, our police officers, who are invested in professionally saving our lives, losing their own in this country? I have some thoughts on that, and I'd like to know whether or not they uh, jibe with yours or not. Let me hear from you. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. I mean, it's just in this country, an unending drip, drip, drip of the blood of law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty. It's a complex subject. There are lots of facets to it. I've been thinking a lot about this. It's National Police Week. The president's speech was passionate yesterday. I mean, increasingly, I think some of the factors are this. More and more, we just have a godless society. We have fewer people attending church, more and more Americans who are going through their lives never really encountering God's Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill and the rest. More and more people just lacking an anchor, a moral compass in their life and a clear sense of what is right and what is wrong and what is forbidden. It's increasingly on all levels a permissive society, fewer kids than ever experiencing Strict discipline in their in their upbringing. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Worked in biblical times. We probably need more of that today to show kids what path they are to take and not to take. And in too many homes, this is undeniable, we really have no strong authority figure. Either dad's not there or dad's emotionally absent. Or he's a wimp into namby-pamby parenting. You end up with a lot of people coming up who resent authority, and police are the embodiment of authority. So there's a built-in prejudice against them that the president was talking about. And then we have the pop culture cesspool, a nation awash in constant violent images in the media that desensitize us to the point where that cop's ticking you off, cramping your style. Put a bullet in his head. Let's go to the phones. Tracy from Deland. Good morning to you. You're on with the Budman.
3: Yeah, good morning. I agree with everything you just said. And when I heard what President Trump said, I says, I said to myself, he should have done that a long time ago. Death sentence, case closed audit. I mean, these people are trying to are protecting us, okay? It breaks my heart and it makes me angry because
0: I don't know how to stop it. I can't stop it. Thank you very much. Appreciate your weighing in. Tyler. Good morning. You're on the line from Orlando. What are your thoughts? Hey, good morning. Um, my thoughts
3: are just that, you know, it's, it's honestly appalling to me that, you know, people in this country, they, they I don't know what it is. Maybe they think it's just cool to disrespect authority and to have such a uh, a distaste for them. And, you know, these are officers and everything. You know, it was told to me like this one time, you know, people are basically uh, pretty much like a sheep. And, you know, there's the wolves, which are, like, the bad guys out there trying to kill everybody and, Mm -hmm. like, you know, cause crimes and everything like that. And the police are the sheepdogs protecting the sheep and protecting
0: the weak. Got it. Thank you, Tyler, very much. On the text line, Yaffe, I'd like you to tell us what's coming in. Go ahead.
4: Uh, Yes, but I'm getting some text on both sides of this. One person says, uh, why are cops being killed? Democrats. Leftists perpetuate class envy and identity politics perpetually convincing people that they are victims, eventually people act out. But another person says, um, basically kind of blaming a lot of the cops, saying because a lot of cops abuse their power.
0: No, no, a very few rogue cops abuse their power. Let me correct you. Go ahead. Not you, Yaffe, but
4: the texter. texter. So while he says they abuse their power and they get off on having a badge and they say they want to protect you, but they also mess with a lot of people's lives, okay, so like I said, some people on both sides of the issue here,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to hear this cops get what's coming to them for crying out loud for every every bad cop out there who is guilty of those things cited by the texter, there are thousands of cops who do a tough job the right way and should not be paying for their with their lives. For it. Good morning, Orlando. On a Wednesday morning at the bottom of the eight o'clock hour, Deborah Roberts joining us right now with an update on a very big story here. And uh, our Attorney General is going after the folks who make the opioids. Right, Deb?
1: Yes, absolutely, Bud. Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi says the Sunshine State has finally submitted its lawsuit over the national opioid epidemic.
2: We have just filed one of the most comprehensive lawsuits in the country. On behalf of the state of Florida, regarding the opioid crisis, we are filing against manufacturers and distributors, some of the major ones in the entire country, and we are not scared to take them on.
1: The lawsuit was filed in Pasco County, one of the epicenters of the opioid epidemic in Florida. Bondi says an average of 175 Americans are killed every day by opioids, including 15 from Florida. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Kellogg's Fruit Loop cereal is splashing into summer with the brand's first new flavor in 10 years. A purple star is joining a new berry-inspired mix of red, blue, and green loops. Good
0: news. Well, (laughs) it's big. I mean, I'm I'm like speechless here. I'm breathless. Go ahead. (laughs) Hanging on every word.
1: (laughs) Kellogg's spokesperson, Teresa Lindsay Houston, (laughs) says, quote, Our colorful loops are both beloved and iconic, and now fans will have a new way to do whatever fruits their loops. Throughout the day, apparently that's their new slogan. Whatever fruits, their loops. Really? Yeah,
0: that's the slogan, huh? I guess so. You know, I I thought that they were all different colors, which they are. I didn't know that there were different fruit flavors to every one of the.
1: I didn't either, because they all just taste like sugar.
0: They kind of do to me. It's kind of like M and M's—different colors, same flavor. You exactly. know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, what did we know? Turns
1: out we've been missing out. <laughs> We did not miss out on this next item. Okay, A Michigan Engineering Company employee has been fired after police determined she baked laxatives into brownies oh. intended for a departing colleague's send-off. Oh, 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 oh nasty. <laughs> Saline Police Chief Jared Hart says officers confiscated the tainted confections May 3rd after another employee tipped off management. No one ate the brownies. The Ann Arbor News reports that Hart says the 47-year-old woman initially denied putting laxatives in the brownies, but after learning investigators would test them, she admitted she had done it. Her name hasn't been released. Other employees told police there may have been some tension between the woman and the departing employee, but specifics haven't been released. You don't need to. The woman baked laxatives into brownies. That's all you have to say. (laughs) That was her parting shot. There you go. Hart says the woman faces no charges, but if anyone had eaten the brownies, it could have been considered a criminal act. I'll bet. All right. A group of Cincinnati teenagers is preparing to show their robotics knowledge to a global audience. The Lego Legion will travel to California next month for the first Lego League's Global Innovation Contest. Sounds like kids play, but it's not. The homeschooled students have already won national awards for the U-Veggie, a device that uses motors and Lego bricks to scrub vegetables safely with an ultraviolet light to kill bacteria in tap water. Isn't that cool? That That is awesome. And finally, it was a close call, but we made it. As expected, a huge asteroid safely sped past Earth yesterday. The asteroid 2010 WC9, as it's known, is roughly about the size of the Statue of Liberty uh, thankfully, it cruised past Earth at about half the distance to the moon, which, as Bud mentioned yesterday, that's not a lot of space in space terms.
0: Yeah, it is a very, very close call in the grand scheme of things. I put show prep on hold for a couple hours yesterday. <laughs> I said, well, if anything happens, you know, we don't have to worry about this morning from 6 to 9. Exactly. You know, and then I said, uh-oh. Well, Okay. It, yeah,
1: got to go to work. <laughs> Astronomers discovered the asteroid in 2010 but lost it for eight years until it popped up on their radar again earlier this month, which still does not make me feel very comfortable.
0: No, not too much. By the way, on our radar and closing fast, Attorney Jeff Kaufman and your great legal brief segment with him. What's coming up?
1: We're going to talk about the new lawsuit that Attorney General Pam Bondi has just filed against eight manufacturers and distributors of opioid pills, as well as what the ruling from the Supreme Court uh, saying that sports betting is now allowed throughout the country. What that's going to mean for us here in Central Florida. Are we looking at casinos popping up yeah. in every town? So, we'll, But we also want to take your question. So if you have a legal... Pressing issue, and you'd love some free advice from the only attorney, and I mean this literally in the country, who is licensed in 18 states. Text us now to
0: 23680. All right, Attorney Jeff Kaufman on the 50,000 Watt front porch for the weekly legal brief segment, never to be missed, with the Deb Meister coming right up. And we'll have an update as well on Orlando's newsletter and traffic for you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA.
1: Wednesday morning, 843, means it's time for legal briefs with attorney Jeff Kaufman, nationally recognized personal injury attorney, the only attorney in the entire country, licensed in 18 states. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for joining us again on the 50,000-watt front porch. It's a good morning. It is a good morning. It's a beautiful day so far. So we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to touch on the lawsuit that Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi just filed against uh, eight manufacturers and distributors of opioid painkillers what can we as taxpayers in Florida expect from this lawsuit?
7: A lot of news media, <laughs> a lot of coverage.
1: What else? I mean, I know uh, they're going this is after The, the problem when
7: you try to sue these companies, she's suing them saying that they should have known it's an addictive concept. It is so difficult to sue these companies because, uh, for example, medications, you, you're dealing with federal rules now and that they've been properly tested and everything else. Yeah. Oh, are painkillers addictive? I didn't know that. I mean, this is, this is, a politi- this is political nonsense. This well, is somebody was, who's just wasting time. I was surprised that
1: she's uh, you know the lawsuit mentions racketeering and deceptive trade practices.
7: Well, you can put anything in a lawsuit. It doesn't mean it's going to be successful. this is a This is a PR move. Look what we're doing to stop this, and it is basically not racketeering. Are you, are you kidding? Uh, let me guess doctors prescribe medication. You know you can't there's no way that a state government can show that you know the basic way prescription drugs are handled across the country is a crime i mean racketeering i mean this is nonsense this is just somebody who wants to get up and i promise you this she will run for a much bigger office after this is done
1: but what about uh, there are several other states that have sued big pharma and how successful are they yeah, that's the question. I,
7: I can sue you because I don't like you. It doesn't mean it's not going to be successful, but I do like you. But you know, the idea of <laughs> suing somebody for anything, I mean, you could do it. You could say, hey, listen, I don't like your face. I'm filing suit. And you know what happened? A judge will throw it out. Eventually, it'll go the way the dinosaur.
1: Now, what about the fact that, you know, several counties in Florida have filed their separate lawsuits? Does the attorney general's lawsuit trump those? Does it kick those out of court? How does that work?
7: Uh, no, it doesn't do that. What can happen is a judge can say it's not really fair for somebody, for one of these companies to have to defend multiple different ones. It might consolidate it. Uh, what's going to happen is this case is going to move to federal court. There is no way that these uh, pharmaceutical companies are going to allow them to be taken in, in kitty court. They're going to get in, in front of a federal judge who's been appointed by, you know, whichever party put him there or her there, and uh, they're going to beat this out in federal court. This isn't like smoking. You know, these are these are – prescription drugs. They, they weren't deceptive. They weren't anything else. Oh, uh, the commercial show you might be happy if you take it. Yes, you can always get addicted when you're on painkillers. I mean, that's just common sense.
1: Now, what about the Supreme Court ruling that uh, says sports betting is now legal uh, you know, across the country? What can we expect? Does that mean casinos are going to be popping up all over uh, Central Florida specifically?
7: No, that's not about that. What it's, what it's saying is this. In, in the early 90s, they passed this weird law that said Vegas And a couple of the other states are the only ones allowed to deal with sports betting. Yeah. This is what you're taking. You're dealing with state laws and state rights. And when the federal government says only this state can take advantage of this, that's what they said that can't happen. So what's going to happen now is they either Congress is going to have to pass a bill that will allow all the states to be treated equally or they're going to let it go. And every state is going to have the right to vote on how they want to handle sports betting, whether it's going to be in uh, racetracks, whether it's going to be in highlight arenas, whether it's going to be at casinos, uh, but it's going to be every state is going to get to make that decision now but I would be seriously surprised if con- the U.S. Congress does not figure out how to make money off this yes. because they're getting paid from the NCAA, the NFL and all these different organizations to keep what you don't know is this bill also gave the NFL a lot of moolah.
1: Oh yeah, I mean Mark Cuban yeah. uh, had you know NBA had said that it tripled the value of his team. Oh yeah, tripled when the Supreme Court came out with that decision.
7: Now, if I told you that ninety-seven percent of all money spent on sports betting is illegal, it would you'd be unbelievably surprised. You're talking billions and oh, billions yeah. of dollars that are done overseas that are done through illegal. Uh, let's just say organized crime venues. Right. And now it's gonna be kind of like marijuana, you know, where the state's gonna be able to tax it and the federal government can tax it if they want to. And this is definitely a smart thing to do. And the reason why Congress is against it is because they can't figure out how to get paid. <laughs> you know, these people were paid a lot of money by by some serious lobbyists to push this law the first time through. Right. And now these lobbyists are going, wait a minute, you owe us, you know, you gotta make sure that we're protected. And Vegas Vegas is going to take a monster hit if this actually flows through, because people are not going to be going to Vegas for the NCAA tournament. They're going to go to Tampa. They're going to hang out in Tampa and get the same thrill, and you're going to have these great sports rooms that they have in Vegas, but you're going to have them in Tampa and Miami, Well, Fort Lauderdale where the Seminole Hard Rock is. I mean, it's going to be amazing. Now, we've got a
1: legal question from a listener. Can a private college reject an applicant for claiming vaccination exemption due to religious, moral, or ethical reasons?
7: It's a tough call. You're, de- you're you're dealing with the pro vaccines. Could they do when you're when you have when you're going into something and you're gonna say, well, this is this is against my freedom of religion, your reason has to be so big because they have the clash you're in determines what kind of protection you're due. And in this one, when you're dealing with religion, it's strict scrutiny, which means that your reason has to be unbelievable. And the idea that you might possibly get the whole camp and give the whole campus smallpox or something like that. Yeah, that's a good reason. So I I think, I think the school definitely has a good uh, leg to stand on, but they're going to have to fight it. All right. And then lastly,
1: you were telling us before we went into this, um, before we went into the legal brief segment, that you have a really cool offering for listeners and for anyone who goes to your website. What can they find there?
7: Yeah, what we decided to do is because of our own personal tragedy that I dealt with when my father passed, uh, we are now Uh, providing free wills, power of attorneys, and living wills to people, because this is a responsibility every listener should... This is a big deal. Every listener should have a will. They should have the power of attorney that determines what happens if you get incapacitated. You should have a living will to decide what the hospital does if you are incapacitated and the different rules around that. It's not fair to... Uh, force your families to make these really tough decisions when you could have made them before you were in this situation. It's free. It's a basic bones approach. Go to our website at when you need It's a free will. It's at the top. Do this. This is not for me to make money. I'm not making a dime off this. This is so that you could be a responsible human being and be good to your families.
1: And and do the right thing. Like you said, yes. instead of leaving them with heart wrenching decisions,
7: no matter who you are. If you are an adult, you have a responsibility to do this so that you're not leaving people behind with these very tough issues.
1: And where can they find that again?
7: At our website at whenyouneedus.com. We do not make any money off this. This is a bare-bone, these are bare-bone documents. And if you need any extra help, I mean, we could push you in the direction that you need. We don't do this kind of work, and we're just offering this because it's a good thing. Uh, Excellent.
1: So whenyouneedus.com, get your free will there. Jeff Kaufman, thank you again so much. We'll see you again next Wednesday.
7: Always.
0: Good morning, Orlando, coming up on 855. Before we go, it is Military Appreciation Month, okay? And tomorrow, something very special is going to happen at all the local McDonald's. They are offering their taste of thanks to active and retired military throughout Central Florida at any McDonald's. On this day, which is tomorrow, Taste of Thanks Day at the McDonald's restaurants, servicemen and women can enjoy a new quarter pounder with cheese, medium extra value meal, absolutely free. Just a thank you for McDonald's for your service tomorrow. Um, The big story overnight has been what in the world is going on with this summit between North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un that he seems so enthusiastic about with President Trump in Singapore in Southeast Asia scheduled for the 12th of June. Looked like things were moving in that direction. The release of the three American prisoners held in North Korea, a clear goodwill gesture setting the stage for the positive vibes you'd expect at a summit that is aimed to be productive. And you also have had... um, the, the the North Korean dictators saying that uh, listen, I'll let the whole world come in and watch. We're dismantling our nuclear test site, and the whole thing. We've been talking about complete un uh, complete verifiable and irreversible denuclearization. I mean that that's been the basis of this summit meeting. And all of a sudden, Yaffe we're getting vibes not from Kim Jong Un but from top people. Uh, in his government of North Korea, that if that's the terms, we may not want the summit at all. So we don't exactly know what in the world is going on. Something's happening internally. I think maybe some of the hardcore communists are leaning on Kim Jong-un and don't like the direction he may be headed, making concessions they never want to make to the United States.
4: You know, you might be onto something with that because you just said a second before that that Kim Jong-un is not specifically saying this stuff
0: himself. It's no, other not.
4: people in the government putting this out there. Yeah, So maybe there is some internal division there.
0: We're going to watch for it. It's a big story. Um, through his press secretary, Sarah Sanders, the president is saying, hey, I'm still in for the summit. But if this thing falls apart, we're going right back to the maximum pressure campaign on North Korea. So stay tuned. It was our big story earlier. But if you're just joining us, we wanted to give you the very latest that we have. Busy morning here. Great being with you. Have a great day. See you tomorrow, six to nine. Thank you. God bless you and God bless America.